everybody, this is Lori and I am the founder and CEO of Inclusivity. And Inclusivity is all about justice and kindness and sustainable fashion. And right now we are working with artists from around the world to um, create this amazing auction, Artists Who Share. And we are incredibly fortunate today to have on our podcast, Inclusiva Talks, one of the artists who will be, is working with us. And this artist, her name is Sydney Islam. And um, Sydney, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It is a real pleasure. Um, I wanted to start just by asking you as an artist, sort of how did you get here? When did you first know that you were an artist? When did you first start creating? Just sort of the story of your evolution as an artist. Yeah, so I, I don't think I ever really like stumbled upon art. It was always just such a huge part of my life. Um, on my mom's side, almost everyone is an artist of some sort, um, whether it's an architect or, you know, a gallery owner and a painter or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so my mom always made it a huge priority in both my life and my sister's life. Um, from, you know, taking us to the Milwaukee Public Art Museum. I'm from Milwaukee, so it was right there for us. Um, and she would take us there almost every month uh, with a little caddy of like art supplies and she'd sit us in front of a painting and say like go draw and we just sit there for hours um and then she also had us enrolled in an art intensive uh preschool so every week we had like a new art movement or we learned about a new artist um so it was always just like a huge part of my life um and I was always just really fascinated in it so um it just grew from there and I guess I started like sitting down and you know, teaching myself to draw properly in middle school. Mm -hmm. um, and just throughout all that practice, I got better and better. Um, and then in high school, I did AP art. Um, and that's kind of where I really honed in a lot of my, um, a lot of my techniques and a lot of the things that inspired me. Um, and I created like a lot of really, really interesting projects that pushed me a lot. Um, so yeah, it just, from there, I think it just blossomed and now it's, it's a huge part of my life. So when you were little and your mom was taking you to museums, did you always appreciate that? Like, was it something that you always loved or were there moments that you liked it less? Oh, no, I always loved it. It was always such a treat um, because they always had uh, exhi exhibits that rotated. Um, and especially like going to a preschool where we were really taught to appreciate art and um, learned about different artists and artist movements. Um, I actually had like information about it going in mm -hmm. so then I could like apply it and it was always fun like oh I know Jackson Pollock and he ended up you know turning into like one of my favorite artists so when that exhibit exhibit was there I was like so excited as a little girl and um so yeah it was it was always a treat what a rich what a rich background for you as an artist mm -hmm. so you mentioned that one of your relatives has a gallery um tell us a little bit about that did that relative influence your your art as well and influence you as you were growing up? Yeah, definitely. My my mom's sister, um, so my mom is from Slovakia, so all my family lives there and my aunt has, you know, a gallery and also like a clothing shop um, in Slovakia. And um, she and one of her best friends, um, who is also an artist from Belgium, um, they collaborated, uh, I think, now like twice or three times on having huge like um, exhibitions of art. Um, and so it was always just really cool 
like growing up being like yeah my aunt is like an a real artist like <laughs> everyone can be an artist and like I love that it's so like inclusive but like she is like that's what her profession is and yeah. so um it, it was really cool to see like you know I can do that um mm -hmm. and have someone as kind of a model for that um and also my house at my mom's is just filled with you know her art and my my aunt's art and so my grandma's pieces and like other artists that my aunt is really close friends with um so like even just going around my house it, it's like a museum and my mom can tell me like all the stories from all these different artists so um it was yeah i was just like consumed by art which is yeah. amazing I, I love that. So is your, your mom's also an artist? What kind of art does she do? She does like acrylic paintings, very abstract. Um, I actually have a piece if I, if Could you want you to show us. Yeah, definitely. Let me grab it. So it's uh, a diptych like this. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah, she does like very abstract, kind of wow. natural looking. Like some of her pieces look very much like glaciers or ocean. Sometimes they look like, you That's know, gorgeous. This is a fire, stuff like that. So yeah, she's been doing a lot more since um, both my sister and I are out of the house and everything. Yeah. Um, which I'm really happy about because she she used to paint all the time um, when she was like pregnant with both of us and then um, when we were really little but then obviously we're a handful right. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's great that she's continuing and is your aunt's style similar no my aunt's style is totally different um sorry kitty <laughs> um she does uh their etchings so she does it on like a plate of metal they're always circular um and she wow. adds into that and then she does prints um but they're they're very intricate also very abstract um they're not necessarily anything in particular um but they're obviously my mom's style is much more like you know big abstractions right. are very very detailed um wow. so yeah i love that so as a child, what was your favorite medium? Um, I would say, when I, I mean, when I was very little, um, probably paint, just because mm -hmm. you could, like, get really messy with it. Um, but then once I started really learning to draw, um, I really wanted to be, like, a hyper-realistic, um, you know, drawer. Um, but that definitely wasn't my forte. Um, so, but I did really like graphite and, um, like sketching and stuff. Um, and then through high school, I kind of realized like not to force myself to be a specific type of artist mm -hmm. and try to find what I enjoy and what I'm good at and what flows. Um, so that's when I kind of fell into mixed media because it gave me the freedom to use whatever I wanted. Um, and it was also almost like another type of challenge, um, that the possibilities were endless. Um, and I could use whatever materials I wanted, and that was really um, gratifying for me. So what are you working on now? So what, what's your sort of what, what's your work now? Yeah, um, 
Now I am trying to get a little bit more into graphic design um, and a lot of like graphic drawing and graphic art. Um, I got like a cool, you know, drawing template, so I've been experimenting with that um, just so that I can like add another element of mixed media into my into my drawing or into my art. Um, so I've really, you know, liked exploring different mediums so that I can figure out the ways to apply that to, you know, my whole like arsenal. So very cool. And I, I know that that you're creating things for the auction. And I'm wondering if you've thought about that, if you've um, decided at all what what you're doing for that. I, I was thinking about, I started a new piece, um, but it's very much a work in progress. So I think I'm going to actually submit one of my favorite pieces that I've done, um, just because I've, I've gotten a, a lot of people really like it. And, um, and I, I've always like held on to it very tightly because um, I get attached to my art sometimes. But yeah, I think um, because I love it so much, I definitely want to give it to this, this cause. So. I love that. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I have it, but I don't know if I should show it yet. I think that'd be great. Yeah, okay. So it's one of the pieces that's on my website, but it's, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's canvas. It's very mixed media. So this is acrylic here. Um, this is a print that I made on, uh, on just on paper. Um, this is, um, marble paper that I made as well. And then this is a photograph that I painted on top of. Wow. Um, and I, I, I think it's very relevant at this moment as well um, because, you know, it's, it's diverse, it's, it's uplifting, you know, black voices um, because it's centering, um, you know, a woman of color. And, yeah. and I think it's just very appropriate and I, I want to highlight I that. I love it. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Um, if you think about a few years in the future, if you sort of think about your future, where would you like to be? What are you thinking? Hmm. Um, well, currently I am actually starting a magazine. Um, okay. and I never thought that I never like realized that's, that's a path that I, I would be really good at. I always was really interested in editorials. Mm -hmm. um, my AP art project in high school was like all about, you know, challenging um, like the narrative of beauty in, in editorials. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was always like a huge point of fascination. I use a lot of like images from magazines and stuff like that mm -hmm. um, in my mixed media. Um, and so I, because what I'm majoring in is kind of a, a mix of um, journalism, anthropology, and studies in cinema and media culture, mm -hmm. I was, I've always been very um, passionate about um, having media actually contribute to making a change um, in like social justice activism and representation in media is really important to me. And so um, this magazine that I'm making, it's called Skin, um, and it's for... Um, any women and non-binary non identifying um, folks who can just come and tell their story in any kind of art or literature. Um, and the topic is endless. Like you can, um, you know, have your, your pieces talk about any, anything um, as long as it like relates to what it's like to be in the skin of a woman or non-binary identifying person. Um, I love that. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's very important to get more of those voices in the media, um, especially like having you know white folks telling the voice like telling the stories of marginalized communities. Like it's not going to help you know uplift those voices, but having those people tell their stories themselves is what's going to like you know get people to understand what it's like and and that kind of thing. So, so I think um, going somewhere into like um, magazines, editorials, or media in general is, is where I'd like to be in, in the next five years, definitely. That's very interesting. So is it launched already? And is it um, print as well as digital? Or is it just digital? Um, right or just now, print? It's just going to be digital. Um, just because of, you know, pandemic and everything like I think it'll be easier for people to just access it online um I haven't yet like launched it I was supposed to like a couple of like on June 1st or whatever um but because of everything going on um I haven't wanted to like you know pester people about submitting yet um because everyone's very busy with you know going to protest or clean up and everything I have been. So um, I've pushed it just a little bit, um, probably mid-June I'll, I'll launch the first issue, but I'm hoping to do um, a monthly issue. Um, yeah. I love that. So how are you finding your contributors? I have literally just been like texting or messaging um, friends and classmates that I know who you know, identify as a woman or a non-binary identifying person. Um, and I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to limit who is submitting because everyone has a story and I want this to be like a resource for people to feel safe, um, you know, telling their stories um, and people can submit anonymously. They can have like a pseudonym, like if they don't feel comfortable um, putting their name out. But so far I've, I've had a lot of people um, submit or, have really positive responses to it and want to like read it. So um, I've just been for the first issue, like just contacting people that I know, but um, I, I do have, you know, some friends who are studying marketing and, and advertising who are going to help me like, you know, market and get the word out on social media and stuff so that anyone can, can submit. And are you looking for art from people or are you looking for stories uh, like, um, editorial comments about their lives what what are you seeking for the magazine yeah um it's art and literary so um whatever that means um you can make you know um digital art you can make a painting and take a photo of it stuff like that you can even do 3d and take a photo and i can you know upload the picture um that kind of thing and the nice thing it is on that it is online um this website called issue which you can you know upload um, any kind of like magazine or publication for businesses. Um, they actually allow you to do videos as well. So I have a couple people do short videos um, and that kind of thing. And then um, literature, I, anything that, you know, tells their story in a way. So I've had people do prose. I've had people do poems. Um, a couple of friends are doing like um, music reviews or um, just like, you know, opinion pieces talking about activists or books or whatever. So it's, it's really expansive. I love that. Um, so before or at some point, send me um, just 
a write-up about what you're looking for because I think several of the other artists and artists who share would yeah. probably be wonderful contributors. So I'd love to help you spread that word out. That would be amazing. So if you had to um, think of one piece of advice that you would give to younger people who are feeling creative and trying to find their path, what would you say? Definitely just start. Um, I know like I'm a, I'm a huge perfectionist and, and when I was trying to be like a hyper-realistic artist and I was trying to force myself into that box, it, it was so restrictive and it, it forced me to like not create art that I was proud of. Um, because it wasn't me. Um, mm -hmm. But if I didn't just start, then I wouldn't have found that out. And then I wouldn't have like, found my way to mixed media. Um, and it, it's just if you constantly are in your head about how you want it to look, um, and you don't just do it, then you're not going to get there. So I think that's that is magnificent advice. As you sort of think about yourself and what's at the core of you, what drives you, what, what, um, how you define yourself, what, what can you tell us about that, sort of your passion or maybe your philosophy of life? Sure. Um, oh, I don't know how to put this into like yeah. <laughs> one sentence. Um, I would just... It doesn't have to be one sentence. You can speak longer than that. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, I mean studying what I'm studying, like, I've always been very passionate about, um, you know, diversity and, and social justice issues and, um, like, being an activist. And I think art is an incredible way to do that. Um, there are so many ways to be an activist and, and to fight for justice, but, um, you know, having the ability to move people through art is really powerful. Um, and not just, you know, fine art, like painting and drawing and sculpture, but, you know, documentaries and movies and songs, like that's all art and it's all incredibly moving. Um, and being able to like, you know, tap into someone's, you know, emotions that way and, and make them want to also fight for justice through um, a work of art, I think is incredibly powerful. Um, and so, yeah, my philosophy, I guess, is to just get as many people on, on board with, you know, fighting for equality and fighting for justice and equity. And um, yeah, <laughs> I guess in a nutshell. I love that. So finding ways to, to spread equity and justice in this diverse universe in yeah. this diverse world. I think that's lovely. Um, what's your cultural background? I know you said your mom was from... Slovakia. Slovakia, okay. And then my dad is from Bangladesh. And um, they both immigrated here in their like mid-20s. Um, my mom, she got her master's degree in Slovakia at the University of Bratislava. And then my dad came to the US um, for his master's. So he went to Clemson in South Carolina. Um, but yeah, so they both were kind of like all over the US and um, they eventually you know, moved around and, and uh, met in Milwaukee. They were working for the same company. But um, yeah, so my my background is is incredibly like, 
diverse it's very different like both sides you know I'll tell people like oh I'm Slovak and Bengali and they're like that's an interesting <laughs> conversation like they're just like on opposite what, what? <laughs> yeah so uh it's it's it was always very very interesting having like two polar opposite um cultures that um I, I grew up with, including, you know, American as like American right. as well, because, um, you know, I was born here and, um, and all of that, but I traveled a lot to both countries, mostly mm -hmm. Slovakia, just because it was, it was easier. Um, it's like a 23 hour journey to Bangladesh. So <laughs> that was tricky when we were young, but, um, yeah, I, I do have a lot of family from my dad's side, um, you know, scattered all over the world. He has like uh, 11 siblings, so it's a really big family. Um, so I, I have still been able to like um, keep close ties with my family and my culture um, because they, there are, you know, members that who are closer, even if I don't get to travel there often. But um, yeah, it was just, it's, it's a very rich background. <laughs> So how would you say that those two, well, and I, I would just want to make a comment that I think um, what's lovely about that is that you make it hard for people to pigeonhole you. And mm -hmm. I think we want to do that, that, that for whatever reason, we want to know where someone stands and, and we want to know something that we can define them with. And I think we need to stop doing that. I don't think that that makes, it doesn't help us, yeah. but I think you probably make it very difficult for people to do that. So yeah. Fantastic. Um, how would you say those two very different cultures have influenced you? Yeah. Um, so, so I would say like Slovak culture is, it is Western culture because, you know, Slovakia is in Europe. Um, so it is, it's not too far off from, you know, American culture. Um, so I would say of everything, like, with Slovak culture, I think mostly just um, specific things with my family on my like Slovak side is what influenced me. So obviously, you know, the art um, was a heavy influence, um, as well as um, my my mom grew up in um, Liptovský Mikuláš um, in Jemenovská Dolina, which is um, right in the mountains uh, in the Low Tatras of Slovakia. And so every summer we would go there. Um, just so, so that we could, you know, help my grandparents and everything. Um, but it was in the mountains. So that kind of is where a lot of my, you know, love for nature comes from. Um, and then on my dad's side, um, got that I think that is like one of the most richest cultures. I, <laughs> I'm biased, but um, it, it is, it's just so vibrant. And um, I think in ways um, having, you know, two very different sides and like two different race, like I'm biracial and um, both my parents uh, practice different religions and they speak their own languages. Um, I think that's where like my like strong um, desire to promote, um, you know, acceptance and equality comes from because I have two like very different backgrounds yet they were able to like come together and and um have me and my sister and, and stuff like that and appreciate one another um and yeah I I also think um that's where um 
where my passion for fighting for racial justice comes from as well, um, being very white passing. Um, I have a lot of white privilege, but then that it, it caused a lot of like internal conflict with my sister as well. We've talked about this a lot, how like um, we grew up in a very um, like white neighborhood um, in Milwaukee. Um, and experience a lot of experiencing a lot of white privilege yet a lot of my family members don't so it was very like difficult growing up with that and like figuring out what that meant um and then now like having to use the white privilege that I that I get from my skin color um to fight for people like my family and you know BIPOC um because I have a very unique position so yeah, it was it was very influential for me. So you said that um, Bangladesh is one of the richest cultures that, that you've ever experienced. Um, give us one example of something that you feel just when you're there that, that is just kind of moving and, and touches the culture there. Yeah, um, I would say like the most amazing like experience that I've had was um at my one of my cousin's weddings Mm -hmm. and Bengali weddings especially if they're in Bangladesh are enormous so there was probably like 2,000 people there because it's 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 a marriage of communities (laughs) wow yeah so it's like this huge huge thing um and you know being her cousin I was I was on you know the bridal party and so we we carried her in on a throne, and then the um, the the groom rode in on a white stallion. Like it was just like extravagant and and gorgeous, wow. yeah. And we all had like, you know, all like kind of sections of the family. So like all the cousins or all the aunts or whatever um, came up with dances, and we had to like perform for them. Like it was just like incredible and extravagant and so over the top, but like amazing. So. Okay, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Was it bright and colorful as well? Yes, incredibly so. Like it just color everywhere. Um white is the actually the color of death um in in um Bengali culture as well as like in Indian culture. So um there are no like white dresses or anything. So she had this gorgeous like red and green dress and she was just decked from head to toe with like jewels and um it was just, yeah, it was beautiful. Sounds spectacular. It was. Sounds really spectacular. So in your life, besides, um, well, all the cultural richness as well as your art, what are, what are your other, and, and equity, so what, are you, what else do you enjoy doing? What are your other pastimes or the other things you enjoy? Um, well, photography, even though that's another form of art, I, I love photography um, and being active um i like played tennis for like 10 years i still like to do that a lot um and you know going for runs and stuff like that um you're starting a magazine are you also a writer um i've never considered myself that but i i i do very much like writing um and i i think i'm pretty good at it um so so I'm, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. So, so yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll take it. It's 
okay to take that and then maybe maybe start thinking about that mm-hmm. and sort of how that um, is a part of you too. And what I find talking to artists all the time is that almost no artists are artists in one way. Mm-hmm. There's something about that creative spirit yeah. and that desire to make something mm-hmm. that I think kind of permeates all aspects of people's lives. And most artists I know are artists in so many different ways mm-hmm. and create so many different things. And photography is absolutely an art. So I've seen some of your photographs and they're really beautiful. Do you have any you could show to us right now? Yeah, I mean, I have art, you know, hanging up all of my walls. Of so I don't know if it'll come down, so I'll just, I don't know if you can see. Okay, so there's one piece that I took when I was in Cuba, and I was actually thinking about also submitting. Uh, I have a different version of this. Oh gosh, um, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a very close-up of um, this guy who I saw. Um, and then I have some piece. This is another mixed media piece I did. Oh my gosh. And then this is, where's my camera? Yeah, uh, we can see it. You got it? Okay. So the black and white one I took in South Africa, and then um, the colored one is in Barcelona. Beautiful. Um, And then, let's see. This was also in Cuba. I love that. Cars, which was really cool. Um, This one was in Hawaii. Mm. Let's see what else do I have. I think a lot of these are just my mixed media pieces. Your art is just stunning. <laughs> Thank you. Your photography is just beautiful. Thank you. Just beautiful. Thank you so much for showing us that. Yeah, of course. So what, is there anything else you'd like to talk about or tell us about that we haven't talked about before I ask you to tell us a story from your life? Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. So if someone who's listening wanted to get in touch with you about um, a story, about a story for your magazine in particular, or art for your magazine, um, how would they do that? How do you have a website? How would they do that? So I don't quite have a website, but I am in the process of building that. Um, I think the biggest thing is I need content for it. Um, um, So after the first issue, I think I'll, I'll be able to you know, fully build that. But um, as of right now, I just have like um, a shared Google Doc that has, you know, the mission statement and, um, you know, how to submit and then a submission folder. Um, so if they just want to contact me through, you know, um, Instagram or um, through my email, um, then they can do that and I can forward that to them. And then what we're watching for is the launch of Skin, which you're going to share with me when that happens so I can put it out on our social media as well. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing I want to ask you about is um, I just want to ask you to tell us a story from your life. And I, I'm just, I'm so interested to know what you're going to choose because it's so clear that your life has this incredible breadth. And I, I'm, I'm really curious as to what story you're going to choose to tell us. Yeah. Um, so one story I was thinking about, um, it, it's actually the origin of, of that, um, that man in, in Cuba that I took. And I am thinking about also submitting that. Yes, um, I would love that. Yeah. Um, so that story, I, I, I went to Cuba about 
like, I think it was 2015. So it was the same year that they opened up, you know, the borders and they um, uplifted the, um, the U.S. embargo on Cuba. And we went in March. So it was like three days after Obama was the first U.S. president to set foot on Cuban soil in 88 years. Um, So it was incredibly, like, it was just an incredible experience um, being one of the first, like, groups of of schools to, it was was an educational trip. So um, one of those first student groups to, you know, be in Cuba in in that long. Um, And so we were there when everything was very, like, volatile with with the direction that Cuba was going to take. Was it going to become very Americanized um, and have, you know, advertisements and, you know, tourism everywhere and commodifying, you know, the rich culture of Cuba, or was it going to try to maintain, um, you know, the cultural richness that it had? Um, so it was, it was just an incredible time to be there. Um, and I actually published a book about the, the U.S. embargo on Cuba and how that fe- affected the culture and people there. Um, so it was like a photojournalistic um, wow book and that's one of the photos that was in it but um we were in old havana and we were just like you know touring around and and um talking to um some local artists there um and one of my teachers he knew that i like i'm very close with him i would i considered him like my mentor in, in high school and um he knew that i was doing this project um and so he was like you can do anything that you need to do. Like for everyone else, he, you know, wanted to make sure everyone stayed as a group and everything. Um, but for me, he was like, if you need to take a picture, go around and take a picture. Like you do what you got to do. So um, I was walking down this like alleyway and um, I see this, this man, and I have my camera with me. Um, so he, and he sees that. And so he like beckons me to come and take his picture. Um, and so I got this like incredible photo um and it actually went on to to win like some some art competitions and i yeah i just i wish that i could like find him and like give him this photo and like give him like all of the proceeds that it it got because you can just read on his face all of the all of the stories and, and years that he has on him and yeah it was just like a beautiful experience I will. I just want to make a comment that, um, so for me during this really difficult time where, um, you know, with George, George Floyd's murder and the coronavirus and just this sense that, um, we have to deal with the racial inequity and we have to take a stand for me, what has actually kept me moving forward and allowed me to function, um, during this time is talking with you and the artists that I get to speak with because I am so in, just filled with hope when I speak to people who really are just in their daily lives by the things they're choosing to do and the way they're choosing to represent the world, um, making a difference and are the absolute um, beacon of hope that I need right now. And so the fact that I started um, this auction before Um, George Floyd was murdered and then was able to incorporate that story into the auction for me is 
is quite literally what is saving me right now. And so I just want to thank you because I think you are magnificent. And I think the world is so much better because you are here. And I, I can't wait to see what else you do for us and for um, the world. So anyway, I, I don't know why I'm so emotional today. Um, but anyway, just thank you because um, it's, it's a big deal. And your representation of that gentleman, beautiful. And your representation of the diversity of us, really helpful. So anyway, th thank you, Sydney. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for talking with us. And just thank you for being. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I've, it's a, such a privilege and an honor. Well, it has been an extreme pleasure. And um, that this is our uh, podcast, Inclusiva Talks. And we are once again honored to have um, Sydney Islam here talking with us. And Sydney, thank you. And we will see a lot more of you. Yes, thank you so much. If she's a mountain